When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Life is just getting some sort of balance and then your toddler decides to whip their nappy off and the conversation focus reverts back to the newborn days of poo. Potty training is one of those topics many parents are nervous about, perhaps even dread, or if you're like me, are just totally confused because of all the conflicting advice seen everywhere. I'm super excited for this week's guest to fill our mummy toolkits with a need to know potty training 101 chat. Lucy Gregory is the founder of Nest. As a Norlin nanny and maternity practitioner, who has worked with families and their children for over 15 years, both privately and in the community. Lucy has a wealth of knowledge and experiences, and she passionately believes that no two journeys are the same, which is why she built Nest and feels that a bespoke service should be made available. I am really looking forward to this chat with Lucy and have my notepad and pen at the ready. Welcome back to the Midwife Pit Podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code podcast15. Hi, Lucy, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Pip. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for letting me sabotage your holiday. That is commitment to the <laughs> training course. No problem. Not a problem at all. <laughs> so Lucy, I've got so many questions for you because I am aware that I am fast approaching potty training myself. So I want to jump straight in with picking your brains, if that's okay. And one of the th- questions that I know myself and my mum friends at the moment are kind of pondering is, is there a rough age when we should think about our child being ready to potty train? I think, Pip, to be honest, there's every child is so, so different. But generally, the age that we are sort of seeing is between around two years to probably around three and a half. Um, and I think ultimately, when when thinking about it, there's you hear so many different conflicting pieces of advice and information. But ultimately the goal is for your little one to be school ready which sounds like it's miles away but actually 
that's that's really important and toilet training very much comes into that so to have that goal in mind I think also takes the pressure off of you when you've got an 18 month old thinking oh this big this big stage is coming up well it is but it's something that just needs to be sort of sorted by by school age that's reassuring to know and actually two to three and a half is a really wide kind of age range isn't it so what are some of the signs that parents could look out for for their individual child that might indicate that perhaps they are ready and I think just yeah child child taking off their nappy is kind of quite a big one um you're looking that what's really really important is looking for your child to um to lead it I think when when a child leads it you're the the rates of success will increase um but your child taking off their nappy perhaps telling you when they've done the wee or poo um or even just before they they when they know that they need to go um some child some children will put their hands in their dirty nappy um which is not the nicest thing but that's kind of a way of them wanting to to take off their nappy um and asking to sit on the toilet and kind of showing that initiative um it would be things that I would certainly be looking out for that is so useful to understand um I've got a story that I'm going to share in a minute because it links into one of my other questions but before I go into that do you need like a prep time before you start to potty train when you can kind of talk to your child about what's going to happen and kind of read books and things like that or do you just jump in how do we even go about this beginning stage Lucy families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <laughs> so the risk of being sort of on the fence and almost being a bit vague, I think it's so different for every, it's very different for every family. I wouldn't overkill the time that you involve the child in the preparation um, because this can this can cause anxiety um but perhaps whether it's a couple of days before starting toilet training whether you can start to guide them and maybe get them involved perhaps if you're going to buy some pants um but then you have other children that wake up one day and actually just refuse to have a nappy on so it's it's so different but i think for parents um very little time is needed and i would avoid reading a huge amount of literature as ultimately this can be overwhelming um, but I'm hoping that if you're listening to this podcast, this is, you're going to get all the information that you need and hopefully finish listening without feeling overwhelmed. Oh, def- that is definitely the the A game, isn't it? So my story time uh, in August this year, so like two months ago, so just before Finley turned two, we had a new toilet delivered. So the box was downstairs in the hallway and we just opened the lid to make sure, you know, it wasn't cracked or anything like that before we took it upstairs. And one day, my husband's not at home, Finley decides to remove his nappy and mount the toilet in the hallway in its box to go for a poo. And he's proudly telling me, mummy, poo, 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 poo. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, we, we were not even thinking potty training. So we did have a potty. So I kind of moved him to his potty in the downstairs toilet 
he quite liked it. He then stood up and did a poo next to it and was well chuffed with himself. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe we're ready then. Like I need to go with this. So we then dedicated the next few days to potty training and it went horribly. <laughs> it was faster, oh. Lucy. So to start with, it was kind of okay. And, and he wasn't, he wasn't quite getting it, but he would sit on the potty and he knew what it was for. And we had a few wheeze and poos in the potty and a lot more next to the potty, but then he got really stressed with it. Um, and was asking for a nappy to be put back on. And I was like, oh, well, he's not even two yet. Like, let's just stop. And his communication's always been really good. He's been really good with speech and language. So he knew what was happening, but was like overwhelmed, stressed. So I was like, this is not great. So we stopped it. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing to do or not. That was just mm. mother instinct on my part. So my question is, if you do start and actually it's not going smoothly, is it best to stop or do you need to kind of persevere through those hurdles? I, I think my, my, me I did it all wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. What I do want to say is that you listen to your instinct. And I think that's so important. And I think I, you know, with the risk of going off on a tangent, there's so much information out there. There's so much online. There's so many things on social media. There's so many books. There's so many conversations. And actually, sometimes that overshadows our instinct. Your instinct was that actually what you saw from Finley, the behaviour that he was displaying was that he was becoming distressed by it. I'm, I just, th I'm, I'm pleased that you feel able to have to have listened to your instinct because I think there's you know another situation where you might another parent could have looked online and thought oh actually I'm not quite sure what and it almost increases that overwhelm no I would say it, it does depend what you come up against if you if your child is distressed and you feel that it really isn't going well then yes we would recommend that you do put the nappy back on um ultimately you don't want to cause any more distress so if you're seeing that your child is becoming distressed and they are asking for a nappy then listen with them this is listen to them this is not us we're not battling against our child our children to get them toilet trained yes if there's a little bump in the road and you feel like you can guide them through it that's very different but i think it if if you're if you're seeing distress from your child or it's distressing them, then nappy back on and forget it for for however long, whether it's two or three weeks, whether it's a month, whether it's six weeks, whether it's six months, depending on the age of your child, and completely um, ignore the topic, remove the potty, don't mention um, don't mention it at all. But what you can start to do is sort of make transitions um with you know wearing a nappy to using the toilet which we can which we can come on to there's sort of some stages that I would go through but in answer to your question if you are seeing if you're feeling that your child is becoming distressed by it we would say absolutely it's fine to stop I think that's reassuring to hear not just for me obviously but for parents <laughs> listening that feel like when they start that's it actually yeah. it's, it's okay if you need to scale back and and like mm -hmm. you say not allowing your instincts to be kind of overshadowed now we've spoken a little bit about the conflicting information that we see everywhere you can't avoid it can you as a new no. parent especially in the topic of toilet training but one of the things that i think is really confusing is pull up nappies cotton pants or mm. stark naked what is the best approach for potty training? 
This week's episode is sponsored by a brand I love, Eye Candy. From its roots in London's fashion design and manufacturing scene, Eye Candy has uniquely been owned and directed in the UK by the same family for almost 90 years. Now proudly in its fourth generation, the Appels and their extended Eye Candy family remain completely focused on the best of British craftsmanship, designing and engineering innovative quality products. Eye Candy's talented British-based in-house team consistently push the boundaries of both product design and sustainability, creating a wide range of stylish, functional and quality pushchairs, highchairs and accessories. Everything has been thoughtfully crafted to fit seamlessly into every parent's lifestyle. From the iconic Eye Candy Peach, which offers double functionality on a single footprint, to the Eye Candy My Chair, an innovative, multifunctional high chair that transforms into a beautifully crafted piece of furniture for your child. Eye Candy future-proofs the life cycle of every product so that it grows with each family. So no matter where your family is at right now, Eye Candy has got you covered. Check out their website, eyecandyworld.com or head to eyecandyworlduk on Instagram to find out more. So with regards to pull-ups, like nappies are so well made um, now in our society. So pull-ups are no different to nappies. Um, they've got the same level of, of absorbency. So the what can sort of get in the way of um, a child's toilet training is for them not to be able to feel that they've gone when they when they wee in a nappy they don't feel wet because of the high level of absorbency so using a pull-up has the same effect um so I wouldn't you know I, I don't necessarily think that that's a step towards toilet training I think there's a time and a place for pull-ups Perhaps if your child's toilet trained and they are still wearing a nappy at night, again, I'll come on to a comment about nighttime training. But if you have a child that is in pants during the day, perhaps a pull up is better than a nappy for bedtime because it's a bit more like pants to go to go on. So there's a time and a place, I think, then for pull ups in terms of whether that's a step towards toilet training. I don't think it is. I don't, there's no difference really. Um, cotton pants versus naked is again, huge conflicting advice from, from our experience and our um, opinion. We would say, we would encourage you to go towards the cotton pants route as opposed to being naked. Um, if you were to read a book, um, there's one particular book out there, which is quite popular, which suggests that you stay at home for a certain period of days and you have an, a your child is naked with with no pants on you then which is fine and perhaps you toilet train them in that way but then you have to then introduce pants and you have to introduce trousers to be able to go out and leave the house which then causes confusion because what you're then saying to your child is you you know you've we've taken a nappy off which is you know you're wearing something to going to being naked to them wearing something again and that can cause confusion because they're confused that it's not an nappy um so we would 
encourage you to to go from pants sorry from a nappy to pants um and get them used to that and get expose them to that and because that's ultimately what that's how you know it's that there's a guidance period and that's you're getting them used to actually pant you know that's that's what we do that's what we wear so um yeah I think just just be aware that if you are reading things that are saying stay at home and and not wear pants okay that's fine but ultimately you've got to introduce pants at some point so um you it may come a little bit sticky at that point that's such a good point isn't it, actually I hadn't thought of it in that way um so we were naked it helped that it was August so to be honest he wasn't gonna wear much anyway yeah. but actually I think part of that overwhelm kind of came from the fact that well I'm naked and why aren't you do you know what I mean? he kind of mm-hmm. we, obviously we're watching him as well so we're watching you and you're naked and actually that was a yeah. bit unusual so actually I wonder whether pants may have lessened that perhaps I mean I don't think he was ready anyway mm-hmm. but actually yeah when when they're used to wearing similar to you and then they suddenly feel like I'm being observed and I look different to normal yeah. that's quite unsettling I, guess, I think yeah you're right and I guess there's a sense of vulnerability there um I think well, something else to add is to rather than feeling you've got to go from nappies straight to pants a step in between that is to put a piece of folded kitchen roll inside their nappy which then um means that that the they feel when they've that their nappy is wet as opposed to that that nappy absorbing their their urine um, so that kind of helps because they're they're a bit like oh I'm not I don't want to wear my nappy therefore let's go to the let's go to the potty let's go to the toilet um, so that kind of is quite a nice step you know in between and I I think you know people have asked me before Pip in terms of what's better toilet or potty I think it's very um, individual to each family some families don't have a downstairs loo it's just upstairs. So actually, if you, you know, it's when you're toilet training, it's quite hard to be up and down the stairs all the time. Um, but equally, role modelling for children is so important and they see us on the loo. So it's, you know, it, I think it's depending on your family circumstances and what your house is like um, or what home is like for you. But to also bear that in mind, that if if you're finding that they're not distressed, but it's just not quite going how you thought it might is it because actually they're not being role modeled how to use a potty you know they're what they're role modeling is using a toilet using the loo um so can we try and make it more like in line with what they're seeing which goes to what you said about you know actually being naked and being exposed well that's not what they're seeing yeah so um it's just I think with any advice that that we give it's throwing out suggestions with the hope that you can pick and choose and think actually that works for us um and then to sort of be able to move that forward yeah definitely definitely um the other thing Lucy I wanted to ask you was how long should potty training take yeah that's a that's a good question this is this is probably Um, your equivalent of when people say to me how long will I be in labor isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah I think it is um it yeah it does feel a bit like one of those questions uh there's there is no set time um I think if you if you're following your child's lead and your child has you know taken off their nappy or is is leading it 
that they're showing that they're ready so it should it should it should click by saying that it can still take two to four weeks it, it could take it could take a, a few days but for you to feel confident together and it is a process where you you know it's together yes your child could not want their nappy on but actually you need to feel comfortable with being able to take them out and knowing how um the length of time knowing how much you can push it before you need to take them to the toilet so i would i would sort of allow two to three weeks um for you to all feel confident and to sort of to get through that process together um and that's involving you know an earlier setting childcare, um child minder you know nursery those sorts of things is actually also having them part of it and getting into that new routine um so yeah i think it's not so this stay at home for three or four days is fine as a starting point but i in terms of managing expectations um there are still different situations you know following that so yeah but it shouldn't be a long drawn out traumatic process and if it is then please shout because that's not what we want it to be like <laughs> yeah but for anybody involved it probably just I absolutely guess, the more stressful it becomes the more delayed everything is isn't it because no one yeah. functions well in that kind of environment no. absolutely um, right so let's say right we have a child that's ready whatever that looks like whatever that feels like what on earth do you do on the first day or two of potty training so I think it's observing a little and guiding them to the potty or toilet um, when you feel that they need to go. So it's like observing them, not feeling that, you know, you're, you're saying about you're watching Finley and it's like you probably felt like you were watching him. I'm sure he didn't feel that he was being watched, but that level of observation where you're just, just seeing like the levels of behaviour and some children, their behaviour deteriorates when they need to go to the toilet. So just observing um, those kind of signs, a bit like you look, like look for sleep cues, um, not too dissimilar for that. So just watching those sorts of behaviours um, and trying to then, at that point, t taking them to the toilet. So removing the question of do you need to go or shall we go? It's let's go and try. Um, and and then sitting them onto the loo or the potty and chatting with them about, I don't know, the puzzle they were doing or the colouring that they were doing. What colour crayon are you going to use next? Um, so avoid keeping onto them and avoid sort of putting them under or making sure they're not feeling under pressure the more we keep on the more we question the more they'll feel pressured um which could then put them off and increase anxiety but just to sort of monitor that it may be that your child actually goes or needs to go to the to the loo less frequently than you thought um they may have much better bladder control i think coming into winter now um it may be that their fluid intake is slightly less Therefore, they may, you know, they obviously still need to be having flu good fluid intake and good output. But actually, if it's, you know, if we're in the height of summer, it's obviously going to be slightly different. Um, and I th if you, if you're need, you know, if this is a second, third child and you're needing to go out of the house for school runs, um, try to avoid putting a nappy back on. Um, so rather than putting the nappy back on, take your child to the loo before you go out and then as soon as you get back in. Um, so I think when you're when you when you initiate that toilet training or 
potty training step is to try and be consistent with actually today we're not going to have a nappy on if you've got a child that's distressed that's slightly different but if you've got a child that's actually doing quite well try and avoid the chopping and changing between pants and a nappy try and say do you know what we're going to go with the pants today and actually the worst that can can happen is you've got washing to do um and you know if they if they have an accident then never mind don't worry like no pressure about it um so that's kind of you know in terms of attitudes and things lots of praise um try not to have high expectations um so just try and go with it as much as you can um offer reassurance um, and again try not to react if accidents do happen because it's it is highly likely that you will get some accidents in these first few days um and i again easier said than done but try and keep calm and avoid showing your child that you may be feeling anxious <laughs> which is so easy to say um but they will pick up on it um but a little top tip from us so if you are needing encouragement to get them onto the toilet um the magic trick is to get them to blow bubbles um whilst they're on the toilet so children are not able to hold on um, and blow so if you're feeling like you need a little push in the right direction um this is definitely a good one to have up your sleeve um try and keep the bubbles to the toilet um and see how your child gets on perhaps before introducing them so you've got that as a backup plan if you're kind of facing a little bit of a hurdle and you're just feeling like you need to get over that then then the bubbles can come out but um i think in terms of these first couple of days try and reduce your plans reduce your expectations maybe a couple of days at home um just keeping it all quite calm and you know just try and sort of go with it really that is good advice and what child doesn't like bubbles hey I mean that's that's a that's a motivation (laughs) um and thinking about motivation we see a lot about potty training and rewards presents sticker charts all of that is that necessary is does it help in your experience I'm on the fence in general about reward charts and star charts um for some children it really works they really need that motivation but for other children I think they can create anxiety um and sort of have a bit of a you know a sort of backwards effect if you've got you know if you do so many of this then there's a reward at the end and they have an accident for whatever the reason it's kind of up in black and white that actually they failed um so I think if you're looking for wanting that encouragement and needing that um maybe that little bit of motivation I stickers but stickers straight onto the t-shirt or straight onto the jumper so it's that instant reward um you've done a wee on the potty, you've done a wee on the toilet, here's here's a reward. Um, If your child doesn't like stickers, it may be that a high five is enough for them. It may be that, right, let's go and choose your favourite song and then we're going to have a little like kitchen dance and then that's the reward. Um, I think each each child sort of is motivated by different things. Children that love stickers, that's that's brilliant, that's easy. Sheet of stickers in the loo um in the dancers loo you know right which stick would you like brilliant let's go job done um but i yeah in terms of star charts i um i don't think i'm a massive fan 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes across the board with with all aspects of of you know what you might use a startup for. I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sold on them, Pip. <laughs> no, that's it's great. It's great to get that perspective. And actually, we used a sticker chart, um, and the sticker chart had like we poo sitting on the potty washing your hands so if you know you did all four sticker for four whatever so I thought that sounded great Finley likes stickers what actually happened was he then twigged on that actually if I do one of these things I get a sticker on my chart which is really great fun so he would walk into the toilet go bye bye poo poo at the toilet and wash his hands because he loves soaking our downstairs toilet by turning the tap on full blast <laughs> and then expect a sticker and I was like this is not working so I uh, will definitely next time ditch this beautiful rocket chart that we've got and put them on his t-shirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. oh they're so clever um what about nighttime then? So do you do that at the same time? Does that come later? Do they go back to a nappy at nighttime? What does that look like, Lucy? So don't worry about nighttime training. Initially, when you start, keep nighttime the same. Um, nappy for nighttime. You might want to relabel it as bedtime pants or nighttime something else um, so that they're not feeling that they're going back into a nappy. But ultimately, Nighttime training is a separate thing. And I think when you're tackling or when you're seeing toilet training approaching you as a bit of a developmental stage, it can feel so overwhelming. Split it into two things, have toilet training and nighttime training. So with nighttime training, it's a hormone that actually has to kick in. Um, So it may even be a completely separate process a few months after after you've successfully toilet trained. And you may have a child that's really, really well trained during the day and actually still needing a nappy at night. And that's okay. Um, Signs to look out for to know your child is ready to go through the night would be that they're waking up consistently every morning with a dry nappy. Um, Or they are waking up in the night and telling you that they need to go. Um, but the key, the first initial thing is that they wake up every morning with a dry nappy because that then shows that they've got that bladder control and that's what you're looking for. It's not a behaviour thing. This is like, this is a hormone. Um, so yeah, just look at it as two separate things, but please don't stress that because you've got a child that's really successfully toilet trained and perhaps has been even for a year and there's no sign that that's okay. Um, if you get to a point where your child has started school and perhaps there's still no signs, then I would definitely look if their child, if your child's over the age of five, you can then speak to your GP and then they may refer you to um, a continence clinic just for a bit of support with that. But, you know, that's nothing to that's nothing to worry about at all. It's, you know, it's not that uncommon. That's reassuring because it kind of halves the pressure, doesn't it? You've only got to deal yeah. with the daytime for now. Yeah. quite nice I think it takes away a yeah. bit of that a bit of that nighttime pressure because especially takes, if you've got to a stage yeah. where your child sleeps well at night the last thing you want to consider is disrupting mm. that <laughs> yeah it's you're nice right park that. <laughs> it is and I think you know we're, we're all here for reducing the pressure and keeping everything calm and reducing overwhelm there's so much pressure and so many overwhelming things in our day-to-day life that we don't want this to be part of that <laughs> yeah you are not wrong that is so true and um, what about for those parents then that their child just doesn't like sitting on the potty to pee or poo and i i know you mentioned actually maybe trying the toilet as an alternative um but any mm. other tips around navigating that because i imagine that must feel like you're kind of 
falling off the hurdle before you've started really yeah I think um almost to rewind before answering that question Pip in terms of I mentioned earlier about having stages of toilet training and we've worked with hundreds of families specifically for toilet training and have found um that there's a pattern which seems to really work and have success is to break again break it down even further into different stages of toilet training and initially I would start with um trying to change your little one's nappy in the bathroom or toilet for nearly every nappy change um I, I realize that that's not always practical but um what you're trying to do is just change the association that wheeze and poos happen in in the bathroom in the loo um so trying to change that nappy in yeah in in the bathroom in in the loo um when they do do a poo in their nappy where possible to put that poo down the loo, flush the toilet together, wash hands together, um, trying to wash hands after every nappy change. Um, and what you're doing in that process is indirectly without even saying anything is you're allowing your little one to see that that's actually where this all happens my poos go down the loo we flush them together we wash hands together you're exposing them to all of that before you're even anywhere near um before you're even anywhere near you know perhaps removing their nappy so if you've got a child the way you started toilet training and actually it's really quite distressing park it leave it for a few weeks and then then once they've settled then start this sort of stage of nappy in the in the bathroom hands together poo down the loo and then subtly make that transition so what sort of that was a bit of a rounded way of answering the question but i think you know once you've got got to a settled stage of that if your child then wants to sit on the loo sit on the potty maybe before getting in the bath before bedtime it's really gradual steps so i'd hope that you wouldn't initially start with a child that doesn't want to sit on the potty or sit on the toilet and if you do then just take a couple of steps back um, going back to that being ready for school actually you've got quite a stretch of time and this doesn't need to be distressing like it really doesn't um and I think if if you're seeing that your child is distressed you are the best person to decide whether you can gently encourage the toilet or if you should leave it for a period of time um but role modeling role modeling is so important on so many different levels for ch for children and pa partly for adults as well you know we go into a new workplace you kind of observe what everyone else is doing you know where where you make coffee where you that's no different for children they're observing all the time and learning all the time from us you know to add to the pressure you're being watched the whole time <laughs> literally creating mini versions uh, literally of you. yeah and even when you're on the toilet so I think just exposing them to that um and kind of trying to put in the groundwork before even before the the nappy comes off um yeah that's but, such a good point isn't it we forget how powerful our influence is and I love that your new mm. office went straight to where people make the coffee that is like a girl after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't care what you're doing. Well. <laughs> yeah. Don't care what you're doing, but where's the coffee? <laughs> where's the coffee? Yeah, exactly. Priorities um, are the important thing. Yeah. 
Uh, Lucy, everyone that comes on the podcast, I ask for three top tips. And are you given us like so many top tips? This is probably going to be a challenge to condense and it's fine <laughs> if they're repetitive. Um, but can you share with us your three top tips to potty training success? Okay, here we go. So I would say allow your child to take the lead. Keep everything as calm as possible with little pressure. Um, which I appreciate is easier said than done. But lots of pressure equals anxiety for all of you. Um, and that's obviously what we're trying to avoid. Um, and have a secret little bubble stash just in case. <laughs> I love that. Super helpful, super practical. Um, if you feel like you need a bit of Lucy and Nest in your life to help you navigate aspects of parenting, then do head to the episode description where you'll find the link so you can find out more of what Nest does and how they can support you. Thank you so much, Lucy. I will let you get back to your holiday. Thanks so much for having me, Pip. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? If you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now, it makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to chatting again soon.